We hope you'll enjoy this episode of Women Worth Knowing. Make sure you rate us on your podcast app, subscribe, and share it with a friend. This is Cheryl Broderson in studio with my friend and co-host, Robin Jones-Gunn. And this is part two. I'm so excited. Let's, without further ado, we're just going to get right into part two of Lucy Thurston, because I know you want us to. Yes, our darling Lucy Thurston, who married a man she'd only known for a few weeks in New England. And together, Asa and Lucy set sail for Hawaii to be among the very first missionaries. They settled in uh, Kona. They taught. They were loved by the royalty. They were honored and respected. And they gave their lives, very long lives. They gave to the Hawaiian people and to the furtherance of the gospel in the islands. So we're up to year 1824. This was a big year because you may have heard the story of the Hawaiian woman ruler Kapiolani who defied Pele, the fire god, at Kilauea. And this really changed the view of many of the Hawaiian people who had been afraid of Pele, that the volcano was going to erupt and and flow over them, destroying their villages. And here's this powerful woman of high rank who goes up to Kilauea, and she defies the ancient gods and calls on the one true God. Now, Kilauea is a volcano, right? A volcano on the big island, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And, and active at the time. It mm. was a bubbling mm-hmm. <laughs> lake of molten lava. And she came back unharmed. Mm. She proclaimed there was one true God. Wow. And she believed with all her heart Jehovah had saved her. And this spread so that the missionaries were so uh, aided <laughs> with, mm-hmm. with their, it, the evidence was there that Hawaiians fully believed and would risk themselves. So the king at that time, Liho Liho, had become king when Kamehameha the Great died. He'd only been king four years. He was 21 when he became king. He and his favorite wife, because he had many wives, um, decided to sail to London. They wanted to seek the favor of London as a protectorate. I mean, you have to think about how these islands are being inundated. Whalers, sailors, traders. Mm -hmm. Every country in the world wants this. So they were on a, a mission to get that alliance. And it's so tragic because they both died of measles while they were in London. So when the news returned to Hawaii, Kamehameha III was only nine years old. He became the king. Lucy and Asa had taught him to read, had Mm. been close with him. So as this nine-year-old, he's now ruling these islands and there's actually a lot of freedom for the missionaries there is a, another um company that arrives from boston which is wonderful because in that second company lucy had no idea but one of the couples turned out to be her old roommate from school no. elizabeth no and elizabeth is now married and she and her husband have come and they were able to be stationed in kona and these two women together uh, lucy and elizabeth 
were um, so excited to teach Friday morning Bible classes to the women. Yes. (laughs) Can you relate? Yes. And their Friday morning class grew to 2,600 women. No. That's huge. It's it's unbelievable. Especially on the islands. Yeah. At that time in history Mm -hmm. and those who wanted to come and learn about the one true God. So their ministry together was effective and energized. And sadly, Elizabeth uh, came down with a painful, painful disease and she died. No. Leaving her husband there with two small children under four years old. Uh, By that time, Lucy has had three children and they are... um, Working on all together, they've been working on translating the Bible, but they are waiting for more help. So the mission continues to send and continues to send. And there are, um, I think I mentioned this in the last episode, a total of 184 men and women were sent mm-hmm. by um, the mission board over almost 30, 35 years. There, the work that Asa did in translating uh, ended up being 17 books of the Bible. Wow. And uh, Elizabeth's husband's name was Artemis, and he worked, they worked side by side, and Artemis translated 12 books of the Bible. They, together, they did 10 textbooks translated into Hawaiian, including Pilgrim's Progress. Wow, that's so good. So think of how much work that is, along with preaching and teaching and these schools, a thousand schools around Mm -hmm. the islands. And that's why they needed so much support Mm -hmm. and help from um, more missionaries to come. Well, every year they would have an annual meeting. They met on Oahu, and it was so important for them to be able to gather together for fellowship, but to combine their efforts and find ways they could help each other. It was uh, 1831, time for the annual meeting, when uh, Lucy and her three children and her husband and Artemis and his two children got on a schooner and they set sail through the, the roughest waters, it still is, between the big island of Hawaii and Maui. Mm-hmm. And it's night and dark and it's been terrible. Everyone is seasick. They're trying to get to Oahu, which they've still got a long ways to go. Wow. Lucy's so, so ill down in the cabin. She goes out in the dark of night and on the top of the schooner there's there's hundreds of hawaiians that are on this uh uh, with pigs and dogs and chickens and she grabs a pole and just is holding on until she realizes i have to tell my husband i need help Mm. she goes back down into the cabin and says get the children out of here i need to call upon you for help and artemis Mm-hmm. Her friend Elizabeth's husband says, do you need to take opium? We have it. We, you can take opium and we can get to Lahaina. Mm. How, how bad off are you? And she said, it's too late. The lamp went out. They're in complete darkness. 30 minutes later, they hear baby cries. Lucy had a baby oh, in the dark. My goodness. The schooner. Oh, my goodness. And did she know she was pregnant? Oh, yeah. OK. Oh, good. Yes. But, you know, when they'd write about these things, they yes. were so discreet. Yes. They wouldn't give any details. Right. 
Just, yes. I told my husband I needed his help. Wow. They suggested opium. I said, it's too late. 30 minutes later, I had a baby. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. And number four. When they were given a light, yep, number four, they're given a lamp so they can see what's going on and they can tell the baby's okay, but Lucy is not okay. Uh-oh. They needed the medical book. It was in the trunk. The trunk was locked. Where's the key? They cut the lock. Those two men sat down with the lamp, read the medical book. It took them eight hours to stabilize her. No details are given, but wow. did she need stitches? What was the situation? But eight hours later, she's stable. They are in Lahaina now, and they get a mattress and put Lucy and this newborn baby in this mattress. They fold it like a taco with ropes, lower her into an outrigger canoe, take her to shore, and in Lahaina, the mission house that's there is where they take her upstairs in this folded mattress and stretch her out on the wooden floor and when she can see what's going on, she said that she thought it was a dream because there was an open window with glass. There was a wood floor. She'd spent eight years living in a hut. Wow. And she, her husband came and cared for her. Her children were there. The other missionary women's, women were helping to take care of her. And within a week, she was stable. So all the men left and went to Oahu, and at that mission house, they left Lucy with two other missionary wives, and between the three of them, they had 11 children, no. all under the age of 10. Oh. Do you remember those oh, days? Yes. <laughs> yes. 11 Whoa. children. Oh. That's like 2006 women at a Bible study. Yes. It's harder. <laughs> yes. Just yes. such a... Uh, always being ready to serve and give of mm-hmm. themselves. So when they, when the uh, annual meeting was over in Oahu, everyone's fine. They sail back home to Kona and go back to work mm. and continue what they've been doing. She had one more baby when she was 41 years old and she was partially paralyzed oh. after the difficult labor and then her feeling and her movement came back. Wow. So that was wonderful. But she was determined to teach her own children. She's highly revered for being the homeschool mama of the Hawaiian missionaries because the thing was considered uh, taking the, the missionaries away from what they were supposed to do. Oh, so children, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So their children were sent back to New England to family and schools mm-hmm. and for proper training mm-hmm. as, as young as six years old. Oh. And it just ripped the heart right. out of those moms. Right, so far away. But Lucy said, that is not what we are called to. I'm as much of a missionary. I'm paraphrasing this, but mm-hmm. in essence, she really fought for that. No, I'm responsible for my children mm-hmm. as much as all God's children here in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. And she, especially her oldest two daughters, she was able to give... All the kids, such a great education, but the the oldest two daughters were fluent in Hawaiian. They began Mm -hmm. teaching Sunday school classes when they were teenagers. They began to translate and help with the ministry because they saw themselves as a family unit called to ministry. Mm -hmm. I love that. Not just, hey, mom and dad are serving Jesus. You have to go away. And and there's no resentment that way either. Oh, no. There are kids that, you know, 
grow up and they say, oh, my dad gave everything to the church and now what's left for me. Right. But when the kids are brought into the ministry and they catch a glimpse of it and it's a family, like we're doing this together, it changes everything. And Lucy really set the pace for that, Love that. Mm-hmm. way back in the mid-1800s. So her the time came for the four oldest to actually go. They wanted to go to college. They wanted to go back to New England. So Lucy sailed with the four oldest. They, it took six months to get to New York. Mm-hmm. They wanted to go on to Massachusetts. They couldn't leave because one of the 18-year-old daughter was very ill, maybe pneumonia. It was her lungs. And she... She died with no. Lucy by her side. No. And when Lucy wrote about this, she said to her husband, I traveled with her down to the dark valley. No, not dark. All was light. Many precious words fell from her lips, and her feelings were characterized by sweet submission to the divine will and an unshaken reliance on our Savior. Wow. Just incredible. Yeah. When Lucy returns home, she's been gone about a year and a half, I think, at this point, and she finds that uh, now her she left her youngest son when he was four with his with Asa and Asa's. There's a church that's been built in Kona. The foundation was from rocks that had been part of an old hayao, which is where sacrifices were made. Wow. And it's now the in rubble, and those stones are used for the foundation of the church and white coral rocks. Lucy comes home. There's this church. There's a congregation that is now at 1,800 members, and it wow. eventually grew to 4,000 no. Hawaiians that wow. worshipped regularly at that church. So she um, had... They continued the work. Ten years after this, she had uh, another illness and accidentally took strychnine instead of quinine. I guess the bottles, it was written in French, and they got it from a sea captain, and she was paralyzed and, and violent tremors, and within three months, she came out of all of it. The Lord wasn't done with this woman yet. Wow. But then that happened in April of 1852, and in September of that year, she it was discovered that she had breast cancer oh. and the tumor had grown so large oh. that it was threatening to just break through the skin so she wrote that the night before she she'd agreed that they could do surgery she went to Oahu where there were several doctors they agreed to do it but she wrote, depraved, diseased, helpless, I yielded myself up entirely to the will, the wisdom, and the strength of the Holy One. I slept refreshingly. No. The next morning she got up, she went to visit a woman who had just had a baby a week earlier. Nobody knew what was going on. She came back to the house. Her daughter was with her. She sat in a chair and she put. She had on a shawl that she'd brought with her on the when she sailed over in 1819, this old shawl. And the most terrifying thing is to these men, three or four doctors, she had to remove the shawl on the left side and expose herself so that they could, without anesthesia, oh. without anesthesia or chloroform or whatever, they, there was nothing they could give her. And she just simply said, just tell me before you cut. Yeah. And he told her, and she gripped the chair, 
her arm back. They cut, took an hour and a half, a foot long cut, and removed, tied 11 arteries back together. No. And she lived 21 more years. No. No, is that hope or what? That is crazy because you're thinking about all of that hygiene (laughs) and everything. Oh, that is crazy. Yeah. That's a miracle. Yeah. It's a miracle. Wow. And as soon as Asa heard about it, he paddled uh, that she was going to have this procedure. She'd gone to Oahu to visit her Mm -hmm. grown daughter. He he paddled the canoe out to a passing ship, flagged them down, said, you have to take me to Oahu. And he got there and he cared for her for weeks and weeks mm. until she got her strength back Just and lived 21 stitches. more years. Stitches. All of it. All those stitches, too. Oh. All of it. So um, it was a few years after that that um, Asa began to have strokes. Mm. And he had served, before he passed, he, he had served 48 years without ever leaving wow. the islands, continually giving himself mm-hmm. to the people. Uh, uh, he had a moment where he uh, was, you know, kind of in and out of it, and he's speaking in Hawaiian and Hebrew mm-hmm. and Greek and, and English, and he's looking up and pointing and, and said, all the, all the people, all the people. And he, in Hawaiian, said, the kingdom, the kingdom. Oh. And it was such a testimony to right. the many who had right. gathered, who loved him. Like, it's real. He yes. can see it. Wow. And among his last words were, my love for Jesus is very great. Oh, <laughs> fantastic. Yes. So, um, Lucy lived to be 81 years old. And, and he died at 79. I did the math. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you did. Yes, that, that's right. He was 79 when he passed. And in uh, 1870, it had been 50 years since the first um, missionaries had arrived. So they had a 50-year reunion at the Fort Street Church. And Lucy got to be the first woman to actually stand up, not behind the pulpit, just on the stairs. Mm-hmm. But she got to give testimony of what God wow. had done and recognized as the, the first no, is Fort Street, is that in Oahu or is yes, that in on okay. Oahu? Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, she, when she passed, it was just quietly. She was in her chair mm-hmm. and just quietly mm-hmm. just tiptoed her way into heaven. But as you had mentioned, after Lucy's death, um, and the next generation and the next generation, and one of her grandsons had an active part in the political overthrow of the Hawaiian monarchy. Mm. And that was in 1893. Mm. And that's where people know the name Thurston. Mm. And that's where they recognize and Mm. call down all missionaries. But this is two generations later. And Mm -hmm. what a legacy Asa and Lucy had had left. We see that in their influence on that six-year-old they taught to read, who became King Kamehameha the the third. Right. He was the longest ruling Hawaiian monarch, 39 years. Is that his statue in um, near the mission house, too? It, it, not too far, but in front of the oh, palace in Oahu? Right. So that would be King Kamehameha the Great. Okay. And um, when King Kamehameha the third was giving a speech to his people. And his reign was marked by always fighting to keep the islands. Mm. 
And from all this, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. there was a time when British had control of the islands for, I think, three weeks. Mm. And when that was done away with, he gave this speech. And uh, that was really the time of colonies, you know, colonization, like everyone, land grabs, as we said. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so his message to the people appears now on Hawaii's state seal because in 1959 we know Mm -hmm. hawaii became part of the united states Mm -hmm. became a state the 50th state and you can still see kamehameha the third's words along the bottom of the state seal wow this influence from 180 years ago and that motto of the state is uamao keea o kaina i kapono which means the life of the land is perpetuated in righteousness. Oh, right. I can barely get through yes. that because right. this is in his thinking. Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. was so um, influenced, the influence of the early missionaries. Mm-hmm. The life of the land is perpetuated in righteousness. Mm-hmm. Still true today of any nation in That's the right. world. That's right. So, so good. So now, did any of her children return? Um, I know they went to uh, college. Did did any of them come back to minister? Her oldest daughter, um, Persis, met uh, her husband in New England, and the two of them came back. And her husband's vision, and he followed through on it, was to start a seaman's chapel, which he founded in uh, Lahaina, and it's still yeah. there. The old building's Save still the there. Save the sailors. Yep. I like that. Yep. Yep. And that was it. He mm-hmm. was saying, this influence, these thousands of outsiders that come in and do so much damage to the people, the culture, um, let's minister to them, those mm-hmm. lost souls. Mm-hmm. And so their their ministry was very strong mm. for many years because, you, you know, you have to just think about how that um, influence with these different nations coming to these remote islands and all those influences coming in, there's no way to protect the people. That was a challenge the, mm-hmm. the monarchy had, mm-hmm. but that it yeah, really was through vulnerable. the gospel. <laughs> yeah, the gospel to the sailors, mm-hmm. the gospel to That's the right. captains of those That's ships. Right. Preach the word in That's season right. and out of season. Like, this is our only hope. The, mm-hmm. the you know, the Heart life change. of the land is perpetuated in righteousness. Mm-hmm. I love that. So how do you know how Lucy, what did she look like? Do you know? Oh, yes. There's a couple pictures of her, not many, mm-hmm. but they're all taken when she's at least over 60. Aww. So she looks just as you would expect the, uh, you know, New England mm-hmm. dower missionary, mm-hmm. but her smile is great. She mm-hmm. just had this strength and joy. There was one missionary, I think it was Stuart, who wrote about her. He he waved farewell to Lucy and her two children. She got in a canoe without waiting for anyone to taxi her. She paddled herself out to the ship she was supposed to get on. And with her children, she climbed a rope and no. got onto the ship. No. And he's watching through his spyglass going, what, what a woman. <laughs> he didn't say That's that. Crazy. But just that strength and her um, tenacity. She Mm -hmm. really did have a 
sweetness. Now, I'm thinking about the styles in 1800s. I mean, they wore petticoats <laughs> and they wore yes. those full dresses. Now, was that pretty much how she dressed, too? And Well, not a lot of details are given about mm-hmm. that, but the missionaries did change over the years because of the tropics and mm-hmm. being able to yes, function mm-hmm. so that whenever calicos and cottons came uh, on the ships that they would get some of those. There, there are places where the missionaries write about what a gift we've been given. We can make new clothing and mm-hmm. be able to have the muslin or the lighter cotton. Mm-hmm. And of course, the Hawaiians all wanted, the, the royal women wanted dresses. The very, very first thing asked of the of the missionary women when they first sailed into the waters of the big island was Aliho Liho's wife wanted a dress. Just like, welcome, you've been here five minutes, make me a dress. <laughs> <laughs> this is, you know, right. a six foot woman who wants it to have all the ruffles and whatever that they're wearing. And uh, they set to work. Wow. And and those missionary women sat down and sewed her a frock. That's amazing. You know, another thing I remember my mom being really interested at the museums was the quilts, because they also taught the women to make quilts. And uh, she was saying the quilts were just beautiful that were made by some of these early missionaries. Yes, the quilts have really become such a piece of the history and the different patterns, which would be maybe breadfruit, which Mm -hmm. grows naturally on the island so that the shape would would be repeated over in the quilt so that it's um, specific to the islands and is still really honored. I've seen some very, very old quilts mm-hmm. in that time. See, now here's these women, the, you know, the 2,600 are coming for the, the right. Friday morning class, but there were a lot of sewing classes because... Mm-hmm. Until that time, the Hawaiian woman, women would wrap themselves in tapa cloth. Tapa mm-hmm. comes from bark on a tree and is pounded and pounded. And it, it, can be, it can be very fine and mm. can be a really comfortable um, fabric to wear just all wrapped up um, around them. But they were then in being taught to sew when these fabrics came in from these ships there was that chance to anything to be able to elevate and have a sense of I'm I'm emulating this Western culture that is upon us. Mm-hmm. And I want to show that we're we're just as regal. And, mm-hmm. and that was very much the case when Liho Liho and his wife went to London. Mm-hmm. They were treated along the journey. Because of their dark skin, there were times when they were told to go ride with the Africans. And mm-hmm. Not, you know, they were not honored mm. as the king of a mm-hmm. nation. Mm-hmm. But in London, they took to the pomp and circumstance mm-hmm. quite nicely. Mm-hmm. And got clothing made and had mm-hmm. the jewelry, and they wanted to be known as monarchs. Mm-hmm. That it's just so. So fascinating. I'm so glad you brought us Lucy Thurston and kind of, you know, setting the record straight of what she was really like. And, you know, she's a mom and uh, with those sympathies and that she reached out to the children first and um, trained this young boy before they had any hopes that he would be king. They probably thought that uh, king, I'm going to say it wrong, Leo Leo. No, that's right. uh, Would... um, probably marry and have his own children. So they're they're doing this little boy 
with with actually, you know, no hope, but we're doing this because we love him and we love these people. And to stay there for their whole lives yeah. because they love the people. And that's before you had this beautiful hotels and markets and <laughs> easy access. You just had everything. fleas and right. dog for dinner. Yes, yes. <laughs> it yes. wasn't paradise. No, it was not paradise then. But that was absolutely amazing. I know in the future, Robin, you've got some more Hawaiian history to bring us I to. I do. I, I have a Hawaiian heart, and there are some women who have mentored me as a result of their lives who had a profound impact in early days of Hawaii, and we have to talk about them. We I, will. I can't I'll, wait. I'll tell you all about we've my got We've got so many episodes favorites. in our future. We I can't so. wait again. Our time, our tea party in heaven is getting bigger and bigger all the time. Well, good thing it's heaven. We'll just have another one the next day and the next day. <laughs> That's right. We want to thank you again for joining us on part two of Lucy Thurston. We're going to invite you to tune in next week for another person. Rob and I are just kind of like taking this as you know, as discovery. Like when we discover someone or we have someone that we know, we're like, oh, we're just going to do it. So we're not doing it um structured as structured as we have in the past we're just kind of like um, telling you some of the women that have been our favorites because as that beautiful hawaiian saying goes aina iamai ana kapuana just let the story be told i love it and that's what we're doing that's exactly it so until next week this is cheryl broderson and robin jones gunn saying aloha nui loa i love that Thank you for listening to Women Worth Knowing with Cheryl Broderson and our new co-host, Robin Jones-Gunn. For more information on Cheryl, visit CherylBroderson.com or follow her on Instagram or Facebook. You can also follow Robin on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. If you think there is a woman worth knowing, we'd love to hear from you. Email us at WWK at CCCM.com. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode. Make sure you've subscribed and don't forget to rate us on your podcast app and share it with friends. Thank you again for listening to Women Worth Knowing with Cheryl Broderson and Robin Jones-Gunn.